And my name is Pastor Nick Newman, and I want to say welcome. Uh, my wife and I started this church a little over five years ago with the hope of creating a place where you could know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And we are so glad that you're here today for our baptism experience. Some of you are here today because you came ready to celebrate with your friends. Some of you uh, came prepared to get baptized today. Others of you didn't come prepared to get baptized today, and you might. And so uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But because of the way baptism uh, flows, it, it kind of differs differentiates from our normal worship experience. In just a second, I'm going to open God's Word with you. And then after that, I'm going to dismiss for those who want to get baptized today. We're going to sing another song and then come out and do baptism uh, together at the end. Normally we have announcements at the end, but I do want to let you know of really one thing that's coming up, and that's next weekend uh, we're kicking off Group Expo, or kicking off our small groups. And so we believe that you need to be connected to God and connected to His people. And so the best way to do that is to get into a smaller group of people. You can come in on a Sunday or you can watch online, but you really need to get connected individually with people. And next weekend, you're going to have the opportunity to join a group. And in addition to that, we're kicking off a brand new series called Relationship Playbook. And I'm going to give you some plays over the next couple of weeks to run. And I believe if you run these plays, you're going to have godly friendships. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a good neighbor. Like how do you love people who, well, they vote differently than you do. And so, because that's probably a big struggle right now. How do you do that? How do, what, let's talk about singleness and dating and even marriage. And so excited for that new series. So we're kicking that off next weekend. And if you came prepared to give today, you're going to get to see a tangible example of what your generosity goes towards as people go public with their faith. There's a few ways you can give. You can drop it in the box as you exit. There's giving boxes in the lobby or try one of our digital giving options uh, on our website, propel.church/give, or you can text the number on the screen and give that way. I'm going to pray for us, and then we are going to dive right into God's Word. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Come on, let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you for the ability and the privilege to open your word today. We don't take it lightly. We thank you for the ability to gather. And Lord, whether we're in person or online, we just pray that your spirit would rest upon us as we open the truths of your word, that we might be changed forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I've called this message marked by a moment. I believe that life is made up of these marking moments for you and I. A guy by the name of John Hobbs says this, that life is filled with marking moments. There are moments in your life that change everything. Moments where you realize that nothing will ever be the same. That time is divided into two parts. Before this and after this. There are these marking moments that change the trajectory of our lives, that, that there's something that takes place, that there's a before you and an after you. For some of us, we've had those marking moments in the event of maybe a tragic accident or the loss of a loved one. Others have been more, more positive experiences where this marking moment, maybe it was when you graduated high school and you realized that unless you choose to do so, you don't actually have to walk back into a classroom or maybe that was graduating college. For others of you, it was, it was marriage where, where you had this moment where you had a covenant between you and your spouse and that the person you used to be and the person you are moving forward, they're not the same. It's a marking moment. 
Some of you remember the feeling of having your first child and holding them in your arms, realizing that everything changed. And then some of you had your fifth child and you realized that, man, (laughs) things are still changing. There are marking moments that take place in all of our lives. And one of those marking moments for a follower of Jesus is baptism. Baptism is this marking moment because it really does change you and I forever. And so if you have a Bible, go with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 4. This is what it says. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. I love that it uses this word, show. If you're taking notes this morning, the the reason we're going to talk a lot about baptism. In fact, we're pretty much talk all about baptism today. We teach on baptism like three to four times a year. And every time we teach on baptism, we have a baptism Sunday. Because I think for a lot of people, baptism is just something that you may have grown up in church and it kind of seemed like they expected you to understand why we do it. Like they expected you to get the meaning of it and understand the importance of our why and, and all of those things. But baptism is one of those things for us as followers of Jesus that we really, really need to understand. So we're not just going to talk around it. We're going to get into the details. First thing I want you to write down is this. Number one, baptism is symbolic. Baptism is symbolic. There are people in life who are followers of Jesus who believe that baptism is what saves you. And according to God's word, that's not the case. According to scripture, baptism is a symbol. A symbol is given for you and I to represent something else. Common symbols for us right now. If you open up your phone and you go to your weather app, you'll see this symbol, and it's a little cloud with some lines in it. That means rain. (laughs) You've seen a lot of it lately. Symbols are important because they represent something else. Another common symbol that's incredibly important for you and I to understand are these symbols that they place on the outside of bathrooms. It represents whether or not you're the one that's supposed to go in that bathroom. There's a symbol that says male and there's a symbol that says female. It's a symbol that gives you and I a representation of what the actual meaning is. So the question becomes, what is the symbol for baptism? Well, thankfully, that's not a question that you and I have to wrestle with or try and figure out. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul lays it out very clear for us. He says this. This is what baptism is, the symbol behind it. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life. Because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So what is baptism? What's the symbol behind it? The symbol behind it is what Jesus does for you and I. It's this partnership with him in being buried in his death. That his death becomes my death. That the death that Jesus died for me is the full payment of my sin is the same death that when I come to him, I experience because I'm not going to stay in the position I once was. So the old me is dead, but I'm raised to new life with him. And so here at Propel Church, we believe that baptism takes place by immersion. If you don't know what immersion means, it just means to get dunked. (laughs) 
You're going under the water. What's really cool is the term immersion, uh, if, if you trace it back to its original language, it, the, the word they're used is baptizo, which is actually the word that they use uh, when they're talking about making pickles. It's so interesting. I know. You're thinking, you're thinking why, why would we need to know this? Because a pickle doesn't start out as a pickle. You might not know that. Pickle starts out as a cucumber, but when it goes into the solution, it comes out differently. So the word baptism means I'm getting into the water one way and I'm coming out another. It's not what saves you, but it's a marking moment. It's a symbol that something needs to die. And I don't know where you grew up. I don't know what like denomination you may have grown up in or what I call it flavor of church you partook in, right? I don't know any of that, but here's what I do know. At Propel, we baptize by immersion for two reasons. Number one, because it's the way Jesus was baptized. And if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And number two, we baptize by immersion because of the symbol that comes with it. That we're buried with Christ in his death and we are raised to new life with him. This symbol is incredibly important for us. And so let's read Mark chapter 4, or 1, verse 4, one more time. So it's the messenger, it's John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness. And he preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. I want you to circle that word show. Because what John doesn't declare is that people need to be baptized in order to be saved from their sin. He says, hey, here's what baptism is. It's a symbol. It's a symbol to show the rest of the world that you have made this decision to follow Jesus. And the reason why that's important is because anytime we add something to Jesus in order to be saved, it's no longer the good news of Jesus Christ. It may be good packaging, but it's not good news. For you and I, the only thing that saves us is Jesus Christ alone. If, if for some reason, baptism could save us, then when we get to heaven, this is what our conversation with God would be like. Hey, God, don't worry about checking to see if my name is there. I got baptized. I did it. I already did all the good stuff I was supposed to do. I checked off the box, so I'm good to go. That's not salvation at all. In fact, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, that God saved you by his grace when you worked for it. Nope. When you earned it, nope. When you went to a small group or a Bible study or you started praying or tithing or serving, nope. And I'm not telling you any of those things are bad. I actually think you should do those. But that's not what saves you. You were saved by his grace when you believed. And the reason why it works like that is because you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done. I wonder how many of us are banking on our own deeds or efforts to get into heaven. That's not what God says saves us. What saves us is when we place our trust and hope in him. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Then it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. In other words, we don't, we're not saved by our works. 
But once we're saved, we do go to work. We are commissioned. We are sent. There will be works. Passive Christians drive me crazy. That's not my topic for this morning. My topic is baptism. We can talk about passivity later. Here's another reason why baptism is important. Um, Here's what I've noticed with with people. We talk a lot about baptism um, for new believers. And I think baptism is really important because you make the decision to start following Jesus and then you have this opportunity to go public with your faith. But when you you have this moment with Jesus that changes you, oftentimes um, what's going on on the inside of you hasn't necessarily translated to the outside just yet. It's like planting a seed. You plant a seed into the ground. The growth process begins underneath the surface where nobody can see it before it ever sprouts above. So baptism is this really great opportunity for you and I to say, hey, 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 I know my outside might not look like it yet. I still got a little bit of things to work on. I got some stuff going on. But I need you to know that God is doing some things in the inside of me that will carry onto the outside of me eventually. I just want to declare to you and show you that I've chosen to repent of my sin and follow God with my life. That's the symbol of baptism. Did you know Jesus was baptized? Well, if you didn't know, I'm going to tell you. Go with me to Mark or Matthew chapter 3, verse 3 through 16. But before we talk about Jesus' baptism, we've got to be really clear on something. We just talked about John encouraging people to be baptized so that uh, they could show that they've repented of sin. That's not the reason why Jesus is getting baptized. Because Jesus has no sin to repent of. But what Jesus is doing in this moment is he's identifying with his people. He's saying, hey, those people who are, who are proclaiming that they have repented of their sin and they're turning to God, those are my people. He's identifying with them publicly. But look at the baptism story of Jesus. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. There was urgency in it. And I love this. He says, it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And this says, then John consented. If you've ever had an argument with God, you know this is how it works. You argue, you, you throw out your opinion, you throw out why you think we should do something different. And then ultimately you realize that God is way smarter than we are and you just consent. And you go, all right, done. John consents and says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. That's where we see the immersion because he was under. Then he went up. At that moment, remember we talked about marking moments. Heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting onto him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. This moment for Jesus is really important because as we continue reading in Matthew and in Mark and in all of the Gospels, baptism is the starting point for Jesus' ministry. Baptism is this marking moment for Jesus where he is going to begin doing the work that God has called him to do. Baptism for Jesus was a moment where he's communicating to the rest of the people, not that he needs to repent of sin, but that he is fully surrendered to the mission and plan of God for his life. 
what Scripture tells us is that Jesus was obedient to God's plan to the point of death. Have you ever thought that there's times where God's calling you to do something and you're like, I don't really want to do it? Jesus was there. That was the garden. Jesus said, God, if there's any other way, I know you, the plan has been for me to die this whole time, but God, if there's any other way, can we do it? But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So baptism for Jesus is this marking moment where he is seeing where, where, where he was and who he's going to be from this point forward is completely different. But here's the coolest part about it. God speaks this over him before he ever performs a miracle. God says, let's pull up that verse again in Matthew chapter 3, verse uh, 17. He said, this is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with. Jesus hasn't performed a single miracle. He hasn't done any of the works yet. And God says, it's my son and I'm pleased with him. When you understand that you don't have to work and earn the approval of God, but you already have it because you're his son and you're his child, it changes everything. It will save you years of headache and heartache trying to work for something that Jesus already died to give you freely. Baptism is a marking moment for Jesus because even though he was sinless and he was doing all of the right things and he was perfect and spotless, there were still going to be people who hated him. He would be faithful to do everything that God called him to do. And there would be people who would persecute him and speak lies about him. And even his closest friends would turn on him. When Jesus died, all the disciples dipped. But these marking moments for Jesus really mattered. Because when Jesus felt like he wasn't a part of the family, he could look back and remember the words that God spoke over him in his baptism where he said, this is my son. He doesn't part the heaven and tell the rest of the world who are, who are watching in on this baptism, this is the Savior. He says, this is my son. Because God's heart is for you to be in proximity to him, not to perform for him. Amen. When Jesus is going through some hardships with the people he was closest with and he felt unloved, He could remember that God not only said that he was his son, but he is loved. And when Jesus felt like everybody else had counted him out, and that even though he was doing the wrong things, everybody hated him, he could look back to those words of God and hear, I am well pleased. These moments that mark us really do matter because what Jesus models for us is a life fully surrendered to the mission and plan of God. So the last thing I've got for you this morning is that baptism is the mark of a fully surrendered life to Christ. Baptism is the mark of a fully surrendered life to Christ. For Jesus, baptism is the starting place for where he would do the rest of his mission here on earth. It was this moment that marked him. There was life before baptism and after baptism. Before baptism, he did a lot of studying and preparing, but after baptism, he began the journey to change the world. And what I believe is that baptism is really important for a follower of Jesus because it is a marking moment. It's one of these moments where you're declaring, not just privately, but publicly, 
that you're not the person who you used to be. We, we live in a, a time where um, even in the South still, like it's still culturally appropriate to go to church on Sunday. It's still culturally appropriate to be a Christian. And, and, and the reality is, if you really want to be a follower of Jesus, it requires full surrender, not partial surrender. Like, like for most of us, I, I'm not going to speak into your, I'm going to speak into your life, but I'm not going to say what your struggle is. But I would venture to guess, just based on conversations that I have with people, most people give God access to about 50% of them. Like, yeah, God can have access to my Sunday. That's like a seventh of my week. But, but you know what? Next, like, like I'm not going to spend time with him throughout the week. Like, we'll just give him Sunday for an hour or two. May even serve, and that's great. But if you're not spending time with God on Monday through Saturday, you've missed the point of a relationship with him. And I would declare that you're not fully surrendered. I'm not trying to cause you to feel guilty or shameful or anything like that. But here's what I do know. Most of us live not fully surrendered to the mission and plan of God for our life. It's too easy to play games with God. It's real easy to run from God. Jonah did it. He heard God so clearly say, here's what I want you to do and here's where I want you to go. And you know what he did? He went the opposite direction. (laughs) Because I think sometimes we wonder if God's plan for our life really is the best plan for our life. We've been calling the shots for so long that we forgot and don't know really what it's like to trust a Savior. I believe that baptism is powerful because it marks you as a fully surrendered follower of Jesus. But not only that, I believe baptism is important because it gives you the public accountability of saying, I've made a decision to follow Jesus with my life. Do you know um, every January... I make this decision, I'm going to lose weight. I know I'm the only one that does that, but about every January I do. And you know, the years that I'm more successful are always when I tell people about it. (laughs) It's always when I let people in on the journey where I look at a guy like Matt and I say, hey Matt, I've made the decision to lose weight this year. And so because of that, when you see me walking into the office with a box of Krispy Kreme, you need to declare that the devil gets behind me and we're going to get them, get them donuts up out the office, right? You're going to hold me accountable and say, hey man, you know, I, I, I know you got a lot going on. I know you're busy, but like, when's the last time you went and worked out? Like, when's the last time you like, you know, cut soda out and stuff like that? Like, like if, I, if I'm making a decision, I need the accountability. You know, one of the great forms of accountability that I had was uh, when I decided to put a church sticker on the back of my truck. Because from that point forward, people knew where I went to church. So if I get all reckless in my driving and I, and I don't do well, people know that person goes to that Propel church. They probably don't know I'm the pastor, but they, they judge the church based on my driving. Do you know that the world judges God based on your character? So the reason why accountability is important is because you need people on this journey who are willing to step up to the plate and say, hey, hey, you made that decision to follow Jesus and I wanna go on this journey with you. I wanna celebrate this decision with you because while you're marked by a moment, you're gonna have a decision to make from this point forward. 
of who you're going to choose to follow, what you're going to choose to follow, and what you're going to choose to do with your life. So no, baptism is not what saves us, but baptism is incredibly important for a follower of Jesus because it's the declaration that you are fully surrendered to following Christ. And you may be thinking, well, does that mean I need to get baptized? I don't know. That's going to be between you and the Lord. Here's what I do know. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus with your life and haven't gone public with that decision, today you need to get baptized. You may be saying to yourself, well, pastor, I was, you know, baptized as a kid, right? And I would just ask you, is that the point where you made the decision to fully surrender your life to Christ? Or was it like family picture day? And because your brother or sister was doing it, you made the decision to do it. I'm not telling you what you did was wrong because baptism is a symbol. I think you can be baptized more than once. Theologically, that just means you were a wet sinner the first time. Baptism is symbolic. But baptism, what we see in Scripture, always takes place after salvation. Salvation comes first, then baptism. So for many people, you were baptized at a young age. You made the decision, but you tried to go public with faith that wasn't your own. And the moment you decide to follow Jesus and fully surrender your life to him, now is the time to go public with that faith. But first and foremost, we talked about how baptism happens after salvation. And so for just a moment, I want to make sure you and I understand the gospel and create an opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus. Because of the goodness of God, he would send Jesus Christ while we were still sinning, while we were still messed up and had issues. Jesus Christ would come and he would live a sinless life. And the reason why his life was sinless is because sin creates a debt on every single one of our lives. And that debt has to be paid for. But in order for it to be paid for, there has to be a sinless sacrifice. So God did for us what we could not do for ourselves by sending Jesus. And Jesus would ultimately die in our place. And that death that he died became the payment of our sins. So that any person who believes in him can now have everlasting life. That death is just the beginning for what God has planned for you. So for just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today you've been counting on salvation plus baptism or salvation plus works or salvation plus deeds. I don't know what you've been counting on. But here's what I do know. Jesus Christ alone saves. And today, if you say, hey, pastor, I may have placed my hope in the wrong thing, but I want to declare that Jesus Christ alone is my Savior. Would you just lift your hand for a moment and say, hey, that's me. I see those. I see those. Here's what we're going to do, church. Nobody's going to pray alone. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.